Welcome to the Maine Outdoor Enthusiast Podcast. I guess we're back for another week. Yep. I'm Paul, and I'm sitting here with Mark. Yep. On Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Happy Paul. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Just get Thank back. You. Just get back from a fishing trip. Yep. Our annual uh, fly fishing yep. trip. Middle was, of June. Always. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good. Paul. Caught, caught a fair number of fish. Fishing was a little bit meh. Yeah. Yeah, we We've caught fish every time we went out, but uh, but it, not fast. It wasn't hot. Nothing no, big. No, nothing real big. Nothing huge. But one thing that while we were up there, you know, we're in the North Main Woods fishing. And we discussed a fair amount how fortunate we are. To have that available to, to us. To have yeah. access to yeah. such large tracts of land. Yeah. And that's something, and I've mentioned this before. That's something I always took for granted growing up. Right. I thought everyone went out on the back 40. Yeah. And caught native brook trout. Yeah. I mean, I, where my elementary school was, I used, just down the road from the house right. where I grew up, I used to walk right down the back, the back bank and catch fish down at the beaver dam. Yeah. I grew, I grew up fishing uh, Libby Brook. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right in Fort Fairfield and, and uh, caught a lot of trout out of that little brook. And I thought that was normal. Yeah. You know, that everyone does that. And I guess it's normal for, for northern Maine. Nor yeah, for, for people in the upper half of the state of Maine for sure. I think a lot of kids grew up doing the same thing. There was always a brook available with uh with trout in it. Yep. Native trout. And it wasn't until I was a little older and it kind of moved it away, went to training different areas that I, you know, realized that man, Maine's right. a unique spot. Yeah. It's a unique spot to recreation. It's a unique spot to fish and hunt. Yeah. We've got, I mean, the deer population, not not what it used to be. Yeah, yeah, not now. But fishing for native brook trout is a very, very unique thing in Maine. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd, there was a video last year where I'd mentioned... Um, you talk about native brook trout. Maine in itself has like twice the number of bodies of water with native brook trout. Than the rest of the nation. Then the well, the rest of the states on the eastern coast that are okay. known for having native brook trout. I think there are sixteen states. Yeah. So Maine yeah. in itself has more bodies of water of native brook trout, twice the amount of bodies of water with native brook trout than all the other states combined. Right. It's it's a pretty pretty interesting yeah. Pretty interesting thing. So yeah, there's so there's two major reasons, you know, why this occurs in Maine is you've got large tracts of, of forest land. Mm-hmm. And then no invasive species of fish. Yeah. yeah. That that other people have introduced. Right. Um which would be hard to introduce to a lot of a lot of these bodies of water, yeah, because they're so remote. Um, but those are like the two contributing factors on why Maine has so many. Yeah, they they can be uh, they can be easily outcompeted by fish like white perch well, and, and, and smallmouth bass and that even yellow perch is a is a major competitor. And we do have a lot of yellow perch in waters we have in in northern Maine, and and they've kind of learned to live in harmony. Yeah, because most of the places yeah. we fish, they're yeah, yellow perch was a common and, thing. Uh, one of, one of the major things that uh, brook trout need is is 
cool, clean, well oxygenated water. And yeah. and uh, we being in a northern, you know, climate, that uh, we have that. Yeah. So. And so we're seeing the whole issue with white perch in our home lake. That ought to be nice and loud. <laughs> Got to have my tea. So we're, we're seeing an issue, an issue with invasive species of fish right now at our home lake, the Fish River Chain Lakes. Right. White fish have been introduced. Yeah, just, just within the last five years, they've... Uh, They've uh, taken up residence, you know? and they've they've multiplied like oh, crazy. Oh, and that's they how they so... outcompete brook trout. Yeah, they 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 just overwhelm uh, the uh, waterway. And so, what is it? How many eggs can a female I think, whitefish? Lay? I think a, fe- a one pound female white perch can produce three hundred thousand eggs, where a one pound female brook trout, and and I'm not sure, but I think it's like three hundred eggs per pound for a female brook trout. So you can see that they, like I say, they can just outcompete, overwhelm, and they're aggressive fish. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot of, yeah. a lot of potential offspring. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So we're up in the North Maine woods. And so that's another thing that Maine is very unique in having is North Maine woods is basically a conglomerate of, Private land landowners, right? right? And the North so, Main Woods was basically an industrial forest, is what it, it is. is. But basically, you had individual landowners at yep. one point in time that were all kind of managing access to their land kind of differently. Right. And then it basically was North Main Woods was created, I guess, as an organized way to manage all those lands together. Right. Basically, made it an efficient manner to manage those because I can remember even as a kid. Seeing some other gates, yeah, different spots, yeah, in, in the woods, and you don't see that now. You're basically, one checkpoint, right, going into the North Main Woods, right, and you've got access to three and a half million acres yeah. of woods, yeah, basically at your becking call. Yeah, it's, it's like your you, your own kingdom. You do uh, you do pay a, a road fee, a daily road yeah. fee, and a camping fee. Yeah. So there is a fee attached to it, but uh, once you pay the fees, like you say, you can do pretty much what you want. If you yeah. want to fish, hunt, any type of uh, recreation that. Uh, so. And I guess I'm not up on my history of the North Main Woods, but I guess part of the reason for its development was when the logging industry trans transitioned from river drives to using logging roads. Right. There was kind of a, I don't want to say disagreement, but it's kind of hard to who's managing what roads, how they're managing them, maintaining them, who's doing the work. Right. It's, you know, you need some coordinated effort. Right. To have the system of roads um, taken care of, bridges, mm. all that stuff. So, yeah, right. Who's going to pay for that? So and, my underst- and somebody else is taking advantage yeah. while you put the work and the money into you a might certain get a, road or, might get or comp- bridges. Bridges are expensive and there's, yep. I would, I would, I'd love to know how many bridges are there are. That, there must be, be a lot of bridges, hundreds of yeah. bridges out there in the North Main Woods and those are expensive to uh, build and maintain. Yeah. So, as yeah. the roads are. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a never-ending, right? especially, you know, in 
In Maine, we have freeze thaw, freeze thaw year in and year out. Yeah, you see that on our just Maine highways. Yeah, freaking potholes central so I, up here. Yeah, so I guess that's where the uh, the fees come in for us. We uh, we use the roads and stuff, and that uh, the the fees that we pay, I think, go in towards that. You know, towards yeah. maintaining those roads and bridges and and campsites and campsites. They yeah. they maintain the campsites quite well. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we're lucky. So. Three and a half million acres is roughly like five thousand five hundred square miles mm. of continuous land to right. to hunt and fish, and so we like we just got back from a camping trip, our annual fishing trip, and a lot of small ponds. Yeah, that's and generally we what we fish. Yep. We we fly fish and we fish the small ponds, and uh, generally off the beaten path, uh, we hike into to ponds we want to remote fish ponds, remote yeah. ponds, yeah. Yeah, so. And so, yeah, native brookies, you know, they're isolated. Although one pond that we fished, which is a remote pond, mm-hmm. those brookies aren't native to that pond. No. Nope. They were stocked in the 50s. No. Nope. Yeah, they were yeah. originally, that that pond held no, I'm, I'm going to say no fish, no brook trout for sure until the 1950s. And in around 1957, they, uh, they stocked it and, uh, yeah, it just uh, took off from there. Yeah, they and did it's well an excellent, in this pond. Excellent fishery. Uh, excellent fishery. Yeah. Catch some beautiful trout. Although it's yeah. and these ponds are cyclical. We've talked about that because yeah. fishing that pond this past week, it wasn't didn't wasn't produce great. like it used to. But and we it, know too, Paul. You can fish one pond one day, and it seems like you have the same conditions the next day, but yet the fish bite the next day. We yeah. we ran into that on a pond that we fished two days. That well, the first day we didn't do well. No. And the second day we did. Yeah. So <laughs> we we hooked a lot of fish. We couldn't land a fish to no, save our no, souls there. Yeah, for we one. lost. We pinch our barbs and my, we use small land. flies and that's, yeah. uh, you're going to lose fish. You, so. you lost a nice one. Well, that one broke you off. Yeah. That got that down was, in the bottom in the weeds and stuff. And I, I pulled a little too hard and yeah. snapped the fly off. So yeah, a lot of good fishing that's available at our fingertips. And you know, even now I... I struggle. People want to do fishing trips like Labrador, Quebec, and stuff like that. And I think there's so many ponds that I've never. There's, a there's lot of, so much on my yeah. back door that I've never even begun yeah. to scratch the surface. I'd yeah. started making a list of all the ponds that I'd fished, and and then I had like a wish list of ponds I wanted to fish. Yeah, and it's incredible. Yeah, you could fish a different spot every day. Yeah, probably your entire life, and never. Right. Fish the same spot twice. Yeah, there's it's, a lot we haven't hit. Like, it's incredible. You take Baxter State Park is is known yeah. for a lot of nice uh, hiking ponds and stuff, and we've never even fished uh, Baxter State Park. Yeah. So well, and the problem is, is you know you, you have a pond that's producing or a your lucky spot that's producing, right? And you only get so much time to fish. You're gonna go back. You don't. Yeah, you're like, well, I'd like to go try this place, but I don't want to sacrifice a night of, right. especially if if you've got good conditions for it. Yeah, and like I said, you've got the time available. Yeah, you kind of want to maximize your your efforts, best bang for your buck. Right, and yeah, you, you tend to kind of keep going to the same spot until until you have a fish kill, like one of the ponds we were. Yeah, we fished notoriously, which we've had some nights that were just phenomenal. Yeah, but yeah, we've had some really good, really good days on that pond. We, I don't know how many years we've actually fished that pond, Paul, but it's been 
You were a young young man when uh, I was probably thirteen, I think, or yeah, twelve. And you're 13. you're forty one now, so that's uh, almost thirty years of history on that pond. And the yeah. very first trout, I shouldn't say the first trout I caught on it. The first big trout that I caught was on that pond. Yeah, and I think I'd landed one. I was like four. I don't know, fourteen, 14 inches, and inches. you released that. And it was a one fish limit. It was a one fish limit at the time. And I put it back. Said oh, I can catch one bigger. Yeah, and I you caught get- one eighteen. You got, I think it was around 18 yeah. inches, the fish you kept. Yeah, and I was just so. a young, on a dry fly. On a dry fly. Yeah, that was, yeah. the, that was the biggest yeah. trout at that point in my life, on a dry fly. Yeah. Until we took a trip to Labrador. Yeah. Which, a lot of big fish there, but long ways to go for... And a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. Which, ironically enough, I can catch more fish in Maine. Yeah. Than, than yeah. like on that trip, we caught... Big fish, but it wasn't like we caught a lot of a fish. boatload of fish, right? You know, five right. pound brook trout yeah. are fun to catch, but it's not like we were catching a hundred fish a day right. or something, right? Um, we've had nights on some of those ponds where, well, we had a was it three nights that we fished up there this this year? No, one time we went up. Was it three nights we fished, and we were in like triple digits as far as yeah? I think it was trout. yeah. You're right. It was over a hundred fish, and it was, yeah, it was yeah. That was that was really that was a really good trip. That was a good year. Yeah, but you talk about uh, fish kills. They also have winter kills. These ponds are are oftentimes shallow. shallow and stuff. And when the snow gets deep on them in the winter time, it cuts off the oxygen, yeah. and they can have fish kills from lack of oxygen in those ponds during the winter time. Yep. Yeah. So before we get into some of the other recreating we do in the North Main Woods, hunting and, and all that sorts, there's another another unique component to Maine that's basically non-existent, at least in the lower 48 states that I'm aware of, is the presence of native Arctic char. Yeah. Which would also be known as blueback. Right. Trout. Um, and you've caught some. I, I've caught one on, uh, on a pond up in the Dabuli area yeah. years ago, probably nine or 10 inches going deep, fishing yeah. deep. So beautiful fish, especially in the fall time. Yeah. Yeah. Mine wasn't that They're colorful gorgeous. or whatever. It was in the summertime. So, and there's some ponds that they, there's one pond they reclaimed. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. uh, which had native populations of Arctic char. Yeah. And if I understood, if I remember correctly, what they, they took the Arctic char out. They took them out. Reclaimed the pond. Yeah, they killed all the fish yeah. in the pond. They put the, uh, the the char and the brook trout, Paul, not just the uh, Arctic oh, char. They, they, took, took, they took the native brook right. trout out of this pond. They put them in a hatchery up in Frenchville. Okay. And I believe they actually... They reproduced in this hatchery too, and then when they after they had reclaimed this pond, killed the pond, they reintroduced these fish, these native fish no to that they pond. Re, they reproduced in the hatchery. I believe they did. Yeah, well, that's pretty. Yeah, nice. Mountain Springs Hatchery up in Frenchville, I believe, was the uh, was the people that uh, the hatchery that held the fish for them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So we also growing up, you know, and again, deer hunted the North Main Woods. Yeah. Again, that was another thing that, and I you get kind of spoiled because if I like big woods to hunt, right? And if I hunt anywhere else, I have no interest in hunting. Yeah. Anywhere yeah. like I went to school in Southern Maine. Yeah. And I had no there were a lot of deer, but I had zero interest. Yeah. 
and hunting those areas because I was so used to being able yeah. to. You're not going to step out on see, somebody's back and, lawn up and there. not see a person. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't understand. I'm like, why do people want to hunt like this? Yeah. Well, obviously, it's not readily available to everybody, right? To have access to to lands like that, especially with the rise of hunting leases, right? Um, I've heard guys mention like Ohio, um, which is now known for hunting leases everywhere. And I know guys that own, or I should say guys that have hunting leases around here in Ohio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, that was something I always took for granted and the deer hunting used to be awesome. Yeah. But that's not, not the case anymore. Combination of a lot of things, uh, the cutting, uh, the lack of deer yards now, the coyote, and uh, we have severe, we've always had severe winters, so that's yeah. not something new, but uh, the, uh, the coyote. Too many, too many things working against them. Too now. many, too many straws on it's, the camel's back. That, it's uh, multifaceted, you know. Yeah. They had the habitat to, yeah. man, to make it through the winters. Yeah. Um, and no predation. Yeah. Now we combine harsh winters. Right. No habitat and lots of predation. Right. It's like, holy smokes. Yeah. You're really yeah. hamstringing them. Yeah. It's, it's taking its toll for sure. There's, yeah. there's not many deer up in there. And even the moose, you know, we talk a little, yeah. like we did not see a moose. Nope. Three, uh, three we'll nights say, in the we'll woods. We'll say four days. Yeah. We four, were there four days and four uh, days. traveled a lot of miles at night, yep. even, even coming back from our ponds we fish. in the evening. We fish until nine thirty. Yeah. Quarter we to come 10 back sometimes in the dark. at night. And then have to hike out yeah. and drive back to where we're camping. We, as far as I know, I wrote it in my log, Paul, the only wildlife we saw were a few rabbits. That was it. Yeah. In four days. I was thinking about that on the drive out on yeah. how it seemed very lonely. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't see us. a lot of people, Paul. We, no. And I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Steve, who spent the same days that uh, up there on the on the Pinkham Road, and uh, he mentioned that they didn't see many people. No, and we didn't see many people. The the girl at the gate talking to her though, she said that they've been busy. Yeah, they yeah they. And I know numbers. I know a couple of the people that work up there, and I know they've had record numbers. Of, Have they? The, I do the know past few years coming out, we saw people going in. Yeah. Uh, when we came out yesterday, we saw there was people at the gate there, two or three trucks at the gate, and I met trucks going in on the Pinkham Road and yeah. stuff. So But yeah, it seems pretty pretty desolate. Like yeah. we used to see I mean moose everywhere. Yeah. But was, you can lose a lot of people in three and a half million acres. So you sure can. nobody's crowded. That's why yeah. That's why it's so wonderful. Yeah. Um so yeah, moose population's gone. Yeah, now that's not like like it used to be. Um, so yeah, yeah, back but, in the day, multiple moose sightings were a guarantee. Well, it, I don't think we could go no. a day bird hunting in the fall no. in October without seeing without quality s- moose, big bulls, without and stuff. seeing moose. Yeah. Now we, yeah, we rarely, don't see them at all. Yeah. Although one did walk through the campsite. Yeah, we saw their tracks, yeah. but uh, yeah, we never never laid eyes on no. a moose. No, and <clears throat> you know another thing that that's popped up is seems more so now than in the past is the people that you run into up there, wicked friendly, yeah, and social, yeah. Everything kind of turned into social hour for yeah. most every morning. We'd run into someone, end up yeah. talking for yeah. two hours. 
Yeah. It's like, oh shoot, we gotta get going fishing. We're yeah, we're running out of time. So yeah, everyone super friendly. Yeah, well, um, and it's has to, you know, you're you you're in a laid back atmosphere. They're they're feeling good. They're doing what they want to do. So they're similar. Interests. They can chat it up a little more when they're feeling good. And yeah, and uh, yeah, they're in their happy spot. And yeah. the the grouse hunting up there has always been phenomenal. Yeah. We've never had it's, a shortage. It's getting of, more pressure now, Paul, than... Uh, word's gotten out. Yeah, word has gotten out. I think when they when the moose uh, deal started coming around, that people went up there moose hunting and uh, realized how many birds they were running into, and it became a thing for them to, we, to uh, come <clears throat> up bird hunting from downstate or out of state. We, we run into a lot of people from downstate yeah. when we're up there yeah. bird hunting. Yeah. And, I mean, it's good. I mean... Heck, I mean, the state's done some pretty good grouse studies yeah. and have shown that hunting basically has zero impact. Yeah, I think it's on the, uh, on the I, grouse population. There again, don't quote me on the numbers, but I have read the studies and I think that uh, hunters only account for 15% of the uh, mortality on grouse. And you said 15%? 15%, yeah, I believe. I have the study. I've read it. Yeah, I have read years it ago. years ago and I'm, I'm going on memory here. And, and I think avian predation was a major... That was uh, probably uh, the biggest. Yeah. And that's one thing this past fall, I've noticed more than any, any fall... Any time that I can think of, actually, is the number of hawks I yeah. would see along the road. Yeah, as you're it was driving, like it was yeah. every stretch of road I went down. Yeah. I felt like there'd be a hawk flying down in front of me. Yeah, yeah and actually driving that. out um, Saturday morning, there was an owl in the road. Yeah, and I got some footage of it. He flew up into a tree. Yeah, and uh, at ten o'clock in the morning or nine thirty, yeah. whatever it was. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I I think yeah, there was a lot of. And of course, those populations all kind of ebb and flow with right. each other. They can they can go from one year to the next, and and I'm a little worried about this year because cold like today spring. we have uh, we have rain and a high temperature of 50 degrees. Yeah, and we've had a lot of that this spring, and yeah. you know this nesting season in uh, late May and early June we had we had a, a week straight of rain and cold weather. Yeah, and that's uh, that's not conducive to to. A good bird population no. in the fall. That uh, no, but wait, they'll have a double clutch. Yeah, what are you that's, talking that's, about? Well, I don't want to turn that stone over, but <laughs> far as you uh, mean, it's it can't happen. Well, I'm just saying the the science of it says it can't. So yeah, it can if they if uh, if the nest uh, or gets wiped out completely, they will re-nest if it's early enough. But they're not gonna they're not gonna raise one brood and, and yeah, I guess that's maturity. what I meant by double double clutch. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. No, no, no. I, I guess yeah. Some people will say, "Oh, it was a good spring. They had two. Yeah, and yeah. that's it, we'll according guess, to the we'll, biologist. Pardon me. According to, according to the biologist and for and the biologist and personal observation. You know, I've seen chicks in the, you know as they go along and boy the, even in july paul they're still small they are they're yeah. you know the ones that hatch in late may early june they're still small yeah. in july they it takes well, even, it takes all summer to to raise them even fall time bird hunting we've come into yep, some grooves that basically yep. were still yeah. together yeah because you come into a group of flock of birds yeah a lot of a lot of small birds that yeah that you can take yeah, out well of then somebody would argue that's the second clutch yeah. so but no but no i don't believe that 
No. I think the science bears us out yeah. on that. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, grouse hunting is always good. We always do well. It can be kind of regional. Yeah, you get spots yeah. that are. You're right. Even there, Paul, that are good. Go, some sections of the woods, and you can go fifty or seventy-five miles yep. away, and it can be totally different. Because you'll talk to someone, they're like, "Oh man, I haven't seen a bird." Yeah. And you talk to someone else, and they're like, "I saw every day." Yeah, I saw like thirty yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And just different, different yeah. locations. Little, little regions. Yeah. 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 You're right. So yeah, North Maine is pretty, Maine's pretty unique. You know, having access to that much land, um, we're pretty fortunate to, because it could change. It can change. You you don't ever want to think that, uh, and there's been some movement in different areas. Uh, there's been people that, uh, billionaires of large companies i yeah. think subway is one of them that uh that bought a large i th- was that the pell and pell yeah properties? they had 11 townships up there and i don't know if they all were bought by the uh the owner of subway or or some of them but that's that's a big chunk of land yeah. 11 townships up there and so yeah yeah the things yeah. can change again if, money if somebody wants to uh shut you out they they have every yeah. right to do it it's their land and when it comes down to money yeah money talks money there's talks. another way someone can make money out of, out of yeah land outside of harvesting it managing it for yeah. timber uh things could change things can change for sure you don't you want know, to really just play. assume that because it was this way last year in the last 30 years that it's going to remain because uh, yeah. that's privately owned and uh it's not public land where, so that that uh, certainly access nope. can can change. You're at the mercies of mercy of right. the landowner. Yeah, for sure. Well, beyond the North Main Woods, Paul, even where we have our camp up in uh, up in uh, Sinclair uh, on the Fish River Chain of Lakes, we have access there to uh, hundreds of thousands of acres. Yep. That, uh, it's privately owned. It's Irving. Irving owns Irving most owned. of it. There are probably some other players up there. I'm not, uh, but Irving owns the lion's share of it. And of course, up there, there's no gate fees. We just, no. we have access to. I will say from talking to other people that say like presidents of, of uh, like ATV clubs yeah. and stuff like that. Seems like Irving is really good to work with. Yeah. They're, they, they, they've got a pretty good, uh, PR program, I think, Irving. You're, and that was another thing that, which they don't have in the North Main Woods, but no. they do have up on private land up in, uh, up where we have the camp is ATV trails, yep. snowmobile trails, and ATV trails. They're very good about. Uh, I yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I know one instance where uh, ATV or UTV, whatever those clubs are called, um, the president he'll call up Irving. Yeah. And be like, we w- want to put a trail going through. Yeah. And he's like, literally, he thought, one of these instances, he calls up Irving and he thought, you know, they're just coming to look. And right. uh, they showed up with a bulldozer. And did it for him. And, yeah. and uh, he's like, well, I think the trails can be, and they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. We're, we'll end up using this road anyway. To, right. Because we want to cut they, into yeah. the section. He says they, they showed yeah. up with a. They with a yeah. low boy and yeah, and he, uh, we can say things about like I say Irving, you know, but uh, they do have a, they're very conscientious of having a good uh, a good relation with the public. Yeah, they've know? always but, had good luck. Yeah, you know, 
getting anything done yeah. with them. They seemed really, yeah, really willing to to work with with at yeah. least those ATV clubs and stuff like that. Which I'm not an ATVer. I don't. No, I've I do. I do. The the, those or, those ATV trails transition into snowmobile trails during the winter. The and I, part, do, yeah. I don't do a lot of snowmobiling, but I do use them once in a while. So yeah. I'm thankful for that. So, but even the fishing here, you know, around the towns, native brook trout everywhere. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just seems like it, it's yeah. on the, everyone's The Aroostook River right in Fort Fairfield is, uh, is, has some fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I grew up fishing. Yeah. yeah. Fishing it has some that. fantastic. And that river, Paul, when I was, uh, you wouldn't even walk near the river when I was young. No. But, uh, the water, a lot of. A lot of processing plants and sewage, sewage treatment being plants dumped into going it. in, raw sewage yep. going into that river. But now it's cleaned up a lot. And uh, yeah. I've I've got a lot of good experiences fishing that that river. I can yep. remember the beautiful caddisfly hatches on that river. Yeah, and I can remember I was I think I had just turned sixteen, and I don't think most sixteen year old boys do this. But when I was turned sixteen, my big big biggest my biggest excitement. Was I can now take the car, yeah, and go fish the river, yeah. by myself without having to be dropped yeah. off. Yeah. And I can remember one trip, I was fishing, and there was some nice trout rising, like just at the end of my casting ability. Yeah, and I finally got. It's funny because I had waders, and the deeper I'd get into the water, the more it took off my back cast. Right. So I really wasn't gaining on the fish any. And I can remember watching two or three trout just sipping the water in the current. Yeah. And I finally got my fly out just above them and got a nice drift. And they came up and looked at it and turned away. And it yeah. was an elk hair caddis. All I had for a caddis fly yeah. imitation was an elk hair caddis. And I got them to come up again, just look at it and turn away. Yeah. So I I could see the caddis flies coming off the water were like a rust color. They were darker right. than the elk hair caddis. I went home that night. Tied a few up that were darker. Right. Be- better imitations. So literally, yeah. the next day, I get that cast out there and... Yeah, caught the fish. And there's a picture. I think it's like 16 inches, yeah. 17 inches. Yeah. And But yeah, that river had some good... Yeah. Still does. People have still, fished some still really nice I haven't fish. fished it since... Uh, I'm going to try to get, get down this summer. Yeah, since, I mean, since it's, we, we get the camp from uh, your grandmother, we I I spend most of my time up there, yeah. so I haven't fished that river. I mean, it's five minutes away. There's no reason yeah. for yeah. for me not. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a good... Yeah. The problem with that river now is, and you don't see this up in the woods, is it's all agricultural land along the river. Yeah. So, so anytime you get any sort of significant rainfall... Yeah. The river's muddy, high, yeah. and the fishing's bad for two or three days afterwards. Yeah. And that was growing up, that would always be the, we'd yeah. be like, well, can't go, it's a nice day, can't go fishing today. We right. got a river, heavy downpour, r- a thunderstorm is, yesterday. It's blowing out or whatever, yeah. yeah. That was the only, yeah. you don't see that up in those small ponds. No. The drainage is so. No, yeah. So good, I should say. Well, the, the ground the, acts like a sponge. The every pond, it, Paul, you think about it. Every pond that we fished is a headwater pond. There's no yeah. major tributary. They're basically spring-fed. Yeah. If there is an inlet, it's a small inlet. So you're right. They're not going to get uh, affected by a heavy rain. Well, those, plus the, those headwater ponds <clears throat> are the vegetation around them is yeah. left pretty much natural. Yeah. They can't harvest right to the edge. Right. 
So you get no yeah. no runoff into those ponds. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much rain you get. No. It's crystal clear and yeah. and relatively the same level. Yeah. It doesn't fluctuate rapidly. It, it doesn't. They're headwater ponds. So but yeah, so that was I guess on our fishing trip, that was something that came at least to my mind. You know, we get this opportunity to yeah. recreate in such a vast, vast amount of woods. Um, yeah. And it's almost impossible to get lost in it, even though it's three and a half million acres. Yeah, there's... There are roads everywhere. Yeah. Log, yeah. They can build a road in the snap of a finger. And they do. And they do. And Man. they do. There's road... You're right. There are roads everywhere. I guess yeah. I've never understood that either, because I... It seems to me that it would be easier to use a, an old road. An existing road, maybe travel a little further. And Lord, they will. Like, I think that there's a new road going off the right one we the drove campsite. in on. Yeah. Right. And they just right out through yeah. the woods. Yeah. Beautiful road. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, beautiful road. Like, wow. That was that didn't take long. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, man, they can make roads And they had and a, uh, when we came out, they had brought in a feller buncher. Yeah. And uh, and so it was probably on that road today, in 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 or yeah. not not today but tomorrow it'll be in yeah. there harvesting. And today Sunday, so. And they just cut in there two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it makes you wonder, you know, how. I yeah. guess the, the efficiency wise, they've got it better understood than I do. They do, but. They do. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably try to. They're get highly home. mobile, Paul. They don't they worry are, about moving equipment. No, they're or, they're good at. Yeah, they're good they, at what they, they do. They they don't. It's not a big deal for them to move distances. No. So obviously, and they can cut because they do it. They can cut some trees fast. And they can cut a lot of trees. Yep. So. Yeah. So yeah, our fishing trip it was fun. Had a good trip. Weather turned out to be. Yeah. Fine. The biggest thing with me is, and you'd said the same thing. They were calling for showers, but it wasn't going to be a washout, and there was not going to be any wind. Yeah, the showers the can entire be, time. Uh, spotty showers can be good because you know you get overcast and with no the main thing is no wind and uh it was calm and it was time. yeah we had uh and steve mentioned that he said they had two beautiful days yeah. and they were up there the same days and he said it the weather was fantastic and it, yeah. and it really was the, if you looked at the weather forecast on an app or something it showed like 70 percent chance the rain 90 percent right. chance of right. rain and you're like, man, this is going to be terrible. But yeah. as you dig in a little further, it's like, well, winds were light and variable, like five yeah. miles an hour the all entire day time. long. The entire time. And there was just like maybe an hour or two here and there that was yeah. going to be a shower. And it ended up, and you know, you talk about overcast. I can remember fishing some ponds periodically over life where it's sunny out and the minute a cloud comes over, fish start all of a sudden. That's exactly fish right. Fish start rising. Yeah. And you start catching fish yeah. and the sun comes back out and they all go under. Yeah. Till, till even yeah, time. But like I say, the main thing is that we didn't have any wind, which is what we're looking for. Yeah. You don't want to be out there in 20, 30 mile an hour winds. That that takes, that sucks all the fun out of oh, the fly fishing trip. my God, so, it does. Yeah. Sitting in a canoe, spinning around. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to drive a fly through. Yeah. So, so no complaints. Although we did hours. pack up in heavy rain. Yesterday yeah, morning. Yeah, makes it a little, little. So I, my equipment's still all sopping wet in yeah. the garage. I got to, as soon as the sun breaks loose here, I got to get it out on the lawn and dry it out. Yeah. So. We, uh, well, it's raining today. It doesn't want to stop. 
Nope. And like I say, cold, 50, cold. Deg- 50 degrees when I... Yeah, I got a window yesterday when I got home from the fishing trip. Lawn's growing like crazy. Got to mow it twice a week. Yeah. And I had like a two-hour window where I yeah. got to mow the lawn. And I'm mowing it. My hands were freezing. And I'm yeah. like, it's towards the end of June. Why yeah. am I still freezing my butt off? Yeah. We're still running heaters in the oh, house. But I had the heat on this morning. My, uh, my uh, mini split's still running. Yeah. So, yeah, ours yeah. was too. So yeah, it was it was a good trip. You know, wanted to kind of if anyone's not familiar with the North Main Woods, kind of wanted to share that. You know that it's a great, unique yeah, opportunity. You know, it, and it, if you do utilize it and go up there, appreciate it. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. Um, because it's not, it's not a common thing. No. And, and the access that we have to native brook trout fishing isn't a common thing no no it's it's kind of maine's kind of the last last frontier in that on the eastern seaboard as far as native brook trout fishing yeah and i hate to see that that go away yeah and we were getting back to that too paul and we were talking about reclaiming ponds and and it's not always like a bigger fish like uh uh, white perch or smallmouth bass that had or musky that have an effect. Those ponds were reclaimed because they had smelt in them. Yeah, <clears throat> smelt made a big difference in those ponds and stuff. And uh, and they not only made a difference with the uh, Arctic char, but they make a big difference with the with whitefish. Yeah, in ponds that held whitefish in lakes that held whitefish years ago. If there's a smelt population, that usually means uh, the the eventual end of the the white the white uh, fish fishing there. Yeah. So I just about sum it up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fun trip. Kind of wanted to share all that stuff. We'll probably have a video coming out yeah. this week on our fishing trip. Yeah. How that went. But yeah, good times. How long uh, until you retire? No, I'll, I never. I'll never retire. <laughs> I was going to say we could do it a lot more when you retire. <laughs> but uh, once a year, once a year is not long enough to. Uh, no, and <clears throat> we're going to go. We're going to go back up. Yeah, I want to go I, back up next week, but you're I kind so. of. We'll see. Humming and hawing about it. We'll see. The weather's going to be good. Yeah. And I'm halfway there on Tuesday. Yeah. So I might just go in for the evening. Yeah. And fish one of the ponds. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm only... I I may be able to pull it off. I'm only an hour away when I close up shop Tuesday. Yeah. So I could be there by 6.30. Yeah. Fishing just in time. And uh, it doesn't get dark till 9.30. It's the longest day of the year, the 21st. Yeah. So I can get there for prime time and get three hours in. And you'll have a day to recover Wednesday. Wednesday's your day off. So it's not like you have to get up and go to work early Wednesday. You'll, You'll get a recovery day. That's right. So, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, we had a fun time. And if you're a father, happy Father's yes. Day. Yes. Yeah. Hope happy everyone's Father's enjoying Day. their families. And I guess until next time, get outside. It's good for the soul. See ya. See ya.